Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, and that's exactly what I did. I left the game early, uh, just as I suspected the game did, in fact, go into overtime. But uh, in typical Patrick Mahomes style, uh, walk-off touchdown run, uh, capped off by a pass to Mikko Hardman. That's 25-22, to the final score. And that would make Kansas City's third Super Bowl victory in the last five seasons. Is anyone surprised? I'm not surprised at all. I had called the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl uh, from day one. So I actually had said, even before the season started, I predicted that the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl again. So um, I might just be the smartest person in the room. But we're going to find out because I want to bring in someone right off the top of the show. We've got Kelly in Vegas, also in Las Vegas. Uh, We need to remind everyone, Kelly, because... I feel like they're not appreciating our presence enough this morning. It is 5 a.m. right now in Vegas, but we are here and we are ready to get into it all. Yeah, it is 5 a.m. here in Las Vegas, and that's why I have no voice. Uh, I was terrified I was not going to wake up. I, unlike you, stayed out a little too late last night. Uh, We had a blast. We had a VIP suite. We did not get to go to the game. But man, it was a wild scene here last night. Yeah, it was insane, uh, which is exactly why I left the game early, because Kelly, you've probably been to a Legion stadium enough times to realize it's you don't get picked up right outside the stadium. A, you have to walk across a bridge to get into more of the strip area. And then there's a designated pickup area, which, by the way, even getting there when I did, it was already insanity. And I'm like, I can only imagine what this would be like had I had waited until the appropriate time with the, you know, thousands and thousands of other fans. to get my Uber and then go on my merry way. Um, but, you know, tied at 16 when I left. Ultimately, like I said, 25-22, Kansas City winning. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you, you can never count the guy out. And uh, now we are looking at the, you know, I guess the continuation of a dynasty being built in Kansas City. They're the first team to repeat as NFL champs since the 03-04 Patriots. So let me first and foremost get your thoughts on the game. Did you suspect that the Chiefs would ultimately pull this one off? No, actually, Clay and I discussed uh, the Niners. And usually when he and I agree, it's a bad sign. We joked about that this week on the fade. Uh, I thought the Niners defensively, could have done a little bit more there in that fourth quarter to not go to overtime. First three quarters of the game, very happy. Uh, You mentioned the dynasty for the Chiefs. Kyle Shanahan, I'm not saying they should come for his job, but this is now his third blown Super Bowl. Uh, If you remember, he was uh, the offensive coordinator for the Falcons when they were up 28-3 to over the Chiefs as well. So it's, uh, it's getting a little dicey for some of my Niners Uh, friends that have, you know, we were up texting and kind of saying, hey, what went wrong? I don't know if anything went wrong. You nailed it, Charlie. That was my worst case scenario that Patrick Mahomes was going to have the ball last. Yeah, um, for sure. And I feel like, you know, this is just something we've gotten so used to seeing. I've been to three Super Bowls and I talked about this even leading up to this game. I've been to three Super Bowls in my life. All three of them have featured Chiefs wins. So I'm like, you know, I was wanting to switch it up just for the sake of being a fan and seeing another team win in person. But uh, there you have it. Um, You know, there's not much you can say about it. I mean, 
I think this was kind of when a lot of people were making their predictions before the game. They were like, right when you think you can count out the Chiefs, guess again. Um, but there was a lot of other interesting factors about the game, Kelly, that I want to get into with you. Um, one being, of course, the Taylor Swift angle. Uh, I don't feel like I, I, I don't feel like she was being shoved down our throats yesterday. What do you think? I mean, you were watching from a different perspective. I was in stadium um, and they did show her on the Jumbotron a couple of times. But what was it like from the TV perspective? So keep in mind, like a typical NFL Sunday, I've got three or four games on red zone, if you will. So I'm only able to pay attention to one at a time. Now, mind you, we're in a VIP room. There's four TVs, four TVs and one giant TV plus 40 of my friends, right? <laughs> There's drinks flowing, food. I just yeah. <laughs> didn't even notice her. I did not see one thing. I saw one clip on social media, which I believe you're going to show as well. I made it, tried to make a joke about it. It didn't land very good because, you know, you just can't make fun of her. Her people will come after you if you say one negative thing about Taylor. Uh, I will say this. They sure seem to be happy and in love. They they really do. I, okay, so it's just funny to watch the arc of this relationship because, I think at the very beginning, everyone was very suspect. You know, is this for real? Is this for publicity purposes and publicity purposes only? Uh, just from an outsider's perspective, I mean, you know, obviously throwing my two cents two cents in along with everybody else uh, and their mothers, uh, it seems to be real. Uh, it seems to be like the legitimate relationship. And uh, I'm actually happy for the two of them. Um, you know, she's obviously just won the gram, you know, a couple Grammys. Uh, she's a billionaire. She's helping the U.S. economy single-handedly with her era's tour. And now uh, her boyfriend has another trophy to add to their, I'm sure, joint case that will be coming uh, in the nearby future. Uh, but you're right. I do have a clip that I want to show. Uh, this was early on in the game. We got our first glimpses of Taylor. And, you know, in typical football fan fashion, she decided to just take her entire beer down. Okay, so what do you think? I mean, this is kind of like a new set of Taylor, right? Really embodying like that frat bro persona that I feel like Travis Kelsey uh, kind of represents. So what do you think? Did you like it? No, you nailed not? it. Frat bro <laughs> is perfect. I've always been a frat bro personally. And the joke that I said, I was like, oh, it's cute when she does it. But when I do it, I'm called an alcoholic. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, at least she's having a good time, right? I know she is a big time celebrity, so she's underneath a microscope, but that's what people do at football games, right? We've yeah. seen it at Bucks games where, uh, you know, offensive linemen for the Packers are able to do it in three seconds. And then we all make fun of Aaron Rodgers for taking about 12 seconds to chug his beer. And, you know, that's part of what you're doing. You're at the Super Bowl, you're with your best friends and you're enjoying yourself. So what was your drink of choice yesterday? I know you said you were uh, having a couple beverages over the course of the game. Were you a beer drinker or were you getting into some cocktails? So I'm never a beer drinker. Can't do it. Never been able to. Even growing <laughs> up in Kansas, I, I just cannot handle it. Uh, so I was drinking a couple margaritas. I kept telling the waitress, I said, halftime, I'm done. No more. Promise me. Next thing I know, it's mid third quarter. I'm like, Maria, no more margaritas. I have a 5 a.m. show. Uh, so she did finally do her job after that. But yeah, I like a little tequila. I love that you're on the first name basis with the bartender waitress. Uh, respect all the way around there. Uh, I was also drinking margaritas. So great minds think alike there. Uh, tequila drinker myself. So uh, I felt like that was a good, you know, when in Las Vegas, you know, type of thing like I was at a Mexican restaurant leading up to the game so that was where the margaritas began to flow Javier as you've probably been there at some time yes, at the Javier's Aria, Aria Resort restaurant. Casino and then um off to the stadium where they had 
these craft cocktails with the line being out absolutely outrageous, all of the beer stands had no lines. The cocktail stands had all of the lines. So in my mind, I feel like they should probably just install more cocktail stands moving forward because I think that's kind of the people have spoken. That's what they wanted. Um, okay, let's get into the fact that you're from Kansas real quick because I didn't even realize you were from Kansas because your name is Kelly in Vegas. So I just assume that you're originally from Vegas, but you've lived in Vegas for 15 years, originally though from Manhattan, Kansas, where University of Kansas is. So Kansas State University. Or, no, 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 yeah. Kansas, oh no, Kansas State University. Yeah, and it's, it's actually and it's actually Kansas time. University, not University of Kansas. So I'm just completely wrong in all regards. So yes, talk to me. Yeah, no, grew up in uh, Manhattan, Kansas. You know, it's like they call Manhattan happiness for a reason. It's a quintessential little tiny town. And uh, actually, I was just there last Monday for the K State KU game, and it has absolutely exploded. So my little sleepy town is really now a college town. Uh, <laughs> you know, born in Kansas, but Vegas made me, and that's where the Kelly and Vegas moniker came. Uh, I lived, I moved here right after college in the recession. And the reason why I'm a first name basis person with bartenders and cocktail waitresses is because that's what my first job outside of college was. Like nobody was hiring. Uh, the economy was in the toilet. And that's where I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to start doing. And then being out here, being the only state with legal sports gambling, uh, I started dabbling. And uh, here we are today talking, talking with you and the Super Bowl being hosted in Las Vegas. It's actually a crazy full circle moment for this city because you have to remember for a long time the NFL really shunned sports gambling and now all of a sudden here we are with 38 legal states mm -hmm. did um okay so a first you're from Kansas which a lot of people get it very confused the Chiefs play on the Missouri side it's called Kansas City and Kansas City actually does split the border and I know this because I was a reporter Kelly in Kansas City Missouri and, and KCK uh, for a couple of years like early on in my career so uh, I'm definitely familiar with the lay of the land, but the Chiefs play on the Missouri side. Uh, but you are not a Chiefs fan to everyone's no. dismay and confusion. Yeah. So typically either Kansas fans or Kansas State fans are Chiefs fans just from a geographical purpose. My dad is from Kansas City, Kansas, uh, but he is not a Chiefs fan either. He's actually a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I think that was like the oh. team back in the day. And they were okay in the 90s. But as a 90s kid, what do you do? You jump on the bandwagon. And that was the Denver Broncos back-to-back -back Super Bowls. So I grew up a Denver Broncos fan. I really don't have many allegiances outside of my bets these days, but it is really funny. So many people just are mind blown. I'm like, guys, they're in Missouri. Even if you remember uh, the last time they won the Super Bowl, President Trump got that wrong uh, with his tweet. Yeah. <laughs> it just got absolutely destroyed for it. Uh, so that that is what I always use as an excuse. I'm like, sorry, guys, they're not actually a Kansas team. Oh my gosh, that's so funny though. I had no idea you were a Broncos fan. That's funny. Uh, well, then obviously you can't be rooting for the Chiefs. Uh, it's just kind of like against the religion of the Denver Broncos, correct? Um, well, finally, I before those two oh, teams hate each other, absolutely. Yeah. The Raiders yeah, yeah. hate the Raiders more, maybe. Uh, but at this point in time, you got to be happy for this team, right? And you know, I had people tell me they were so happy that it wasn't the New England Patriots anymore. And now it's yeah. like we went from one <laughs> dynasty to another. Yeah. Uh, and and people hate that, right? Sports fans hate that. They hate winners because uh, so many long-suffering fan bases. Uh, so I will say I am happy for the Kansas City Chiefs. So many of my best friends are fans of the team. And, and you got to be happy for them because they weren't good for very, I mean, for 35 years. Yeah, um, I actually, uh, earlier this week, um, one of my girlfriends was in town and we went to dinner with one of the Chiefs players. They actually 
probably everyone doesn't realize they do get a little free time to themselves. They have curfew. Um, but he was super pumped. Obviously, the entire team excited to be in the position they were in and probably even more excited on this Monday morning now that they just won back to back Super Bowls. Uh, finally, before I let you go, Kelly, quick thoughts on the halftime performance. I don't know if you're an Usher fan, uh, but I will say I completely loved it. So, yeah, that same going back to what I said, that 90 growing up in the 90s, right? Early 2000s R&B. If you could not listen to the entire Usher uh, CD, you know, from start to finish, you were not an Usher fan. I thought he crushed it. It was exciting. Uh, it was fun. I think usually I enjoy the halftime shows, uh, but it was so busy. I was like in this VIP room. The next thing I know, they're coming out on like skates or rollerblades, yeah. like 14 <laughs> outfit changes. I kept going, trying to ask people, like, who's the lady with the cat guitar? It was just like, overload and it was awesome what did he play seven or eight songs um so it was it was a really fun halftime show and enjoyable to see amazing well kelly i am so happy that i finally got the chance to talk to you uh despite it being 5 a.m for both of us uh maybe one of these days we'll get on at a more civil hour and get into uh whatever else now that football season has come to an end i'm so sad i feel like there goes the most exciting time of the sports year, at least in my opinion. So, um, but we'll, you know, we'll come up with some other topics, but so good to see you and uh, go get some rest. Hey, thanks, Charlie. <sighs> okay, everybody. Uh, well, on the subject of the Usher concert, as I was leaving the stadium early, as I mentioned before, I actually got a glimpse of Jermaine Dupree, uh, who was getting into his car, also deciding to leave the stadium early. So he was in the parking garage at the same time. I uh, got to see very quickly. I didn't say hello, no pictures, but he was there. Uh, and I know he had a small part in the, uh, the Usher concert that was the halftime show. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, so now let's get into a little bit more of what we saw last night and bring in Amber Harding. Hello, Amber. Good morning. Hello. Good morning to you. Okay. So the Usher concert, let's just start right there. I love how I call it the Usher concert. You know how people are like, oh, did you watch the game before and after the Usher concert? Uh, what did you think about it? I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It was super high energy. I loved the roller skates. I th that was the first thing I said. I was like, he is so brave to go out there on roller skates <laughs> in front of the world on the Super Bowl stage. So I absolutely loved it. Um, I was watching with my husband and his buddy and then one of my girlfriends and my girlfriend and I were up dancing, um, just absolutely having a great time. So um, I thought it was fantastic. And uh, I think we should just stick with that. Uh, those millennial artists every single year, just for, just for our entertainment. 1000%. The music is not nearly as good as it used to be. I'm a huge, huge Usher fan. So I was pretty much knowing the lyrics to every single part of, of the songs that he got into for that little uh, mishmash of, uh, you know, whatever he was performing. Um, I, you know, I was making an observation though, because I've been to a couple games in person 
of course, watched all of the rest of them on television. The halftime shows, now let me just say, they're so good in person, but they are definitely crafted for television. The angles, the special effects, uh, depending where you're sitting in the stadium, you could have Usher's backside for nearly the entire time because the TV cameras are only hitting from you know one side rather than both for the most part. How was it? How was it on TV? Because, you know, like I said, in person, still very entertaining, but I can only imagine I haven't gotten a chance to check it out, uh, the version that aired on TV, but I, I've i heard it's fantastic. Yes, it, it definitely is. And you're absolutely right. I was at Super Bowl 50 when Beyonce played, and um, I really didn't even get to enjoy Beyonce because we had to hold up these color signs oh, um, and we had to like look through this tiny little hole. So I was just like trying to, I was like, where's Beyonce trying to hold this card. Um, but it was, it was great. And every time I watch clips of, of the Usher performance last night, the Usher concert, I see something new, you know, like somebody, I saw like a man being thrown up in the air and they were like, is that because he went up like 30 feet in the air and we don't know if he ever came down. Um, and then there was like, so. the, the lady who was on the pole um, fell off the pole, which I didn't realize when I was actually watching it the first time, but then when I watched it back. So um, it was, it's, I see something new every single time I watch a clip from it, but it was, I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, something else new that we saw in terms of the Super Bowl that we have never seen at this point was there was bottle service. Like there were, tables along the sideline that you could buy I guess not quite along the sideline or was this yeah this was on the sideline you could actually get bottle service which is very Vegas right I mean what says Vegas more than bottle service at the Super Bowl uh I I have no idea what the minimum was here but probably very expensive but what did you think about this addition to the game it was definitely very Vegas. Um, I heard, I'm not sure how true this is, but I heard that those sideline suites down there were were about a million dollars a pop. Oh my God. A yeah. Million bucks. Now, and I think, I don't know how many, I think that's like eight seats. Um, wow. I don't know what the minimum was or if alcohol is included in that. I would hope that for a million dollars, yeah. you can at least get a cheap bottle of bubbly. But uh, I, I, that's, I mean, if, if I had that kind of money, that would be one heck of a way to watch a game. Very, very cool. I mean, some of the seats were outrageously priced. I remember earlier in the week, uh, there was, uh, who was it? It was Christian McCaffrey's mother yeah. was talking about how she imagined she'd be sitting in the stands because the suites were so expensive. I think, what was it, like a million and a half bucks or $2 million? And then Olivia Culpo swoops in and she's like, nope, I got it. I got it. You're going to be sitting in a suite. And then I don't know if they actually ended up sitting in the suite, but um, I mean, millions of dollars to watch one game from a suite. I I can find better places probably to spend my money. I don't know about you. If I, yeah, if, if I yeah. had dollars <laughs> that I had at my disposal, which I don't, but I'm just saying hypothetically. Yeah, I'm with you. And you know, she's not the only one. Um, Lisa McCaffrey is not the only one who said I can't afford that. And even if Christian, I mean, Christian can afford that, but do you really want that? <laughs> I mean, $2 million is a lot of money for, for one game, but you know, Claire Kittle said, um, no, we're not, we're not sitting in a suite, you know, we'll be down in the stands with everybody else because uh, that's just an outrageous amount of money. But I mean, we're going to reach the point where the only person who's going to be able, be able to afford going to the Super Bowl is Taylor Swift. I mean, like, I just, I would love to go to a Super Bowl as a fan one day. I've worked the Super Bowl before. I would love to go as a fan one day. Those tickets, man, even the even the cheap ones are, are close to ten thousand dollars. That's that's a lot for us normal people. Amber, the, the the key for you since you work in sports media is you get a press pass. That's the yeah. ticket. If you can manage a press pass, then once you're in the stadium, 
you can kind of like finagle your way around. Like last year I had a press pass and one of my friends, his uh, Shad Khan is the owner of the Jaguars. His son, Tony Khan was one of my really close friends. So once I had the press pass, I was able to make my way up to the suites and uh, there I was able to enjoy the game in its totality. So free ticket to the game, still got to be in a suite, still got free drinks, still got free food and a fantastic vantage point to watch the halftime show. So I was not complaining. That's that's the move, though, just so you know, for future purposes. There you go. OK, storing that one right here. Um, somebody that was definitely sitting in the stands and someone we were super excited to see sitting in the stands uh, was the kid that we were talking about several months ago, the one who's suing Deadspin after they slandered and called him out for, you know, the, quote, blackface that he was wearing, which was obviously completely egregious and completely false. Uh, he showed up to the Super Bowl after people crowdfunded his ticket. This time he still had his face painted, but he decided to opt against the the black face paint. Uh, he had three different colors. He had yellow, white, and red. But obviously the kid is a massive Chiefs fan. Uh, this was the point all the way around from the very beginning is this kid is not a racist. He's just a Chiefs fan. Everyone needs to chill out, especially Deadspin. Uh, Karen J. Phillips, our favorite author over at Deadspin. Uh, what, was your, what was your reaction to seeing him at the game and getting a little publicity on the front end? Yeah, when I saw that video and it, he was so cute and he even made his prediction for the game. Um, I just I, I, wish knew- his, I wish his prediction would have been correct because that would have meant there was a whole lot more offense than we actually got. Yeah, yeah, no joke. At least the game picked up there at the end. But yeah, at the beginning, it was it was a little it was a little rough to watch. But uh, when I saw that video, I was like, I know that our friend Karen at Deadspin is just seething watching this. (laughs) But I'm glad that Holden's family is is holding Deadspin accountable because Karen has gotten so used to just spewing this nonsense and he goes completely unchecked. I mean, he attacks everybody. He calls everybody and everything racist. And finally, he went a little too far when he decided to attack a kid. And the crazy thing is that Deadspin still has not apologized. They have tried to justify that article in every way possible, but they haven't done the one thing they need to do, which is to issue a correction and say, hey, we're sorry, we shouldn't have attacked that child without having all of the information first. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And on the subject of attack... Uh, We saw a little bit of a fired up Travis Kelsey on the sideline at one point in the game, and it was all over social media. Uh, He appeared to be upset because he wasn't in the game on a pivotal red zone play early in the second quarter. Uh, You can see him literally screaming at Andy Reid, and uh, Andy Reid looked pretty terrified, like he might actually just fall over. Uh, A lot of people, you know, there are a few players that were commenting that Travis Kelsey was able to get away with something like this because he's a white guy. He would have been a black guy. Uh, the press maybe wouldn't have been so kind towards him uh, and he wouldn't have gotten the exact same reaction. I don't know. I think that in the heat of the moment, it's Super Bowl. I think players are bound to get fired up. And I think actually after the fact, Andy Reid said similar sentiments. Uh, he said it was no big deal. He loves passion from his players. And, it, you know, he was just caught a little off balance when they bumped into each other. So he said it looked much worse on TV than it was in person. Uh, but what did you think about this? Did you think that it was appropriate for Travis Kelsey to be as fired up as he was and, and so publicly? Yeah, my immediate reaction was, yikes. Uh, it did not look good. And look, I get it. I know that the two go way back and it's not it's not necessarily fair for outsiders to judge that dynamic, but it was a bad look. You can call it passion or whatever you want, 
But in that moment, Travis came off as entitled and disrespectful. And I mean, even Tyreek Hill, who was a part of that Chiefs team, who has seen that dynamic between Kelsey and Andy Reid firsthand, even he said, that's not cool. You know, I asked a friend of mine who played for the Patriots for a long time, what would have happened if he had done that to Bill Belichick? And oh. he very simply said, no one would ever do that to Bill. So, I mean, I think that says a lot and it really comes down to respect. I don't think it was a good look for Travis. Um, I know that they won. So everything is, is sunshine and rainbows now, but I'd be, I'd be curious what that, what that narrative might be if, uh, if Travis had continued to not be in the game and if they had ended up losing in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And Travis Kelsey, I mean, I know he wasn't getting so much action in the beginning, but he did finish with nine catches for 93 yards, including a first down conversion in the red zone that set up what ended up being the game winning touchdown. So his presence still felt uh, it's going to be okay. Travis, uh, you still, you still are getting the attention that, that you crave. Uh, we all know he's kind of an attention whore at this point, uh, especially after the game on the field, Taylor Swift comes running down the two embrace, they kiss, they're clearly in love. Amber, now that we've reached the end of football season, now that it's in the rearview mirror, and now that we've had time to survey the the Travis Taylor relationship, what are your final thoughts? Because we've been talking about this for a while now, and I feel like we've all been up and down as we go along this work on this go along this road with them. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll hear a lot less about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. We're not going to hear the end of it. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's, it's still going to be a, a story, but I think we'll hear a lot less now because she won't be going to football games every week and taking her private jet across the across the world every single week to catch the games. Um, but I do think that, like you said, Travis Kelsey loves attention. We've already seen him kind of dip his way into kind of the culture side of things, entertainment. He had a festival um, where he had his own his own concert and things um, before the season started. So I think that we're going to see more of Travis Kelsey kind of on that entertainment end, just mm -hmm. as Taylor has kind of leaned into football. I think we're going to see Travis Kelsey kind of lean into some of those more those music and pop culture events. So I, we definitely have not seen the end of these two. No, I don't think so. And maybe a proposal in store for this summer. I don't know. We're just going to have to wait with bated breath, Amber. Uh, thank you so much. Always good to talk to you. And we will speak again soon. Absolutely. Have a good one, Charlie. Okay, everybody. Uh, like I mentioned, I am still in Las Vegas. This is day number 12 for me. I have literally been in Las Vegas for 12 days. That is honestly something I don't suggest anyone do if, if they can help. Uh, but I leave to come back to New York City today. I'm super excited. But looking back on my time in Las Vegas, it has been such a phenomenal trip. Uh, wouldn't have changed any of it. I got to do so many cool things, meet so many interesting people. And um, I thought that as a way to say farewell to my time in Vegas, we do a little recap of what I've experienced up to this point. Take a look. This is Radio Row. We are in the Las Vegas Convention Center. And right now, I know things look uh, a little bit desolate, uh, kind of like a ghost town, but believe me, in a matter of hours, this place is going to be insane. And here we are, as you see in the business, another day, another dollar. Guys, remember I showed you this same room when I got here earlier this week. It was absolutely dead, completely empty. Well, now look at it. Everybody's here, literally filled with all of the media from all over the world as the clock ticks down to Super Bowl 58. Now, one of the best parts of being in Las Vegas is you have access to some of the best restaurants in the entire world. That includes 
This one right here behind me buries downtown crime inside of the Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, but I want you to just take a look at everything that's happening. Patrick Mahomes, just a few feet away from where I'm standing right now, talking to the media. Off to his left, Travis Kelsey, also having a field day with the media because let's be honest, one of the big reasons that a lot of people are in the stadium right now is because they want the tea. They want to know what's going on with him and Taylor Swift because there is a lot of gossip to be had. Everything in life is about timing. And the way that timing has worked out for me during my life, when, when I went to the Fertitas and said, I just had this conversation with uh, Bob Meyerowitz, I think the UFC's in trouble, and I think we could buy it, and I think we should. The timing was perfect because they wanted to do it. They were into it. And boxing, I felt, was on this decline. And that whole time, then, you know, here comes the internet and social media. And now here comes streaming. It, it's just everything in life is about timing. And timing has really worked out for me. Let's talk about your outfit. Like, did you, like, where do you find all of these amazing pieces? I mean, they're all, of course, you like, know, I'm Chiefs colors. I'm really glad that I look decent in red. I love it. It's definitely my favorite color, and I love fashion, so marrying football and fashion is definitely a passion. Okay. Stone Cold Chris Jones, your moniker. You know, if you could cut a quick promo, what would you want to say to all of the haters out there, to all the Niners fans, when you know you're about to win the Super Bowl? Um, good luck. We appreciate the hate. No, come uh, on, I want like WWE style. Come on. Know your role and shut your mouth. Hell yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, know your role and shut your mouth. What a perfect statement uh, to make as predicted. The Chiefs did go on to win the Super Bowl yet again. Uh, all of that was so much fun. Uh, those were a couple of the guests that you got a chance to check out on the shows this past week. But also, I had a chance to catch up with someone who actually just met for the first time. His name is Sean Mike Kelly. He hosts a podcast called the Digital Social Hour, all different types of guests from all over the country, especially this week, uh, being that the Super Bowl was in Vegas. He had a stacked roster uh, as he was recording future episodes of his show. Also, one of the youngest entrepreneurs I've ever met, multi-multi-millionaire uh, at a very young age, super fascinating. And I had a chance to sit down with him after I joined his podcast. And here's a look into how our conversation went. All right, Sean, Mike Kelly, entrepreneur, podcast host uh mm. you're doing a lot of things these days uh, i'm i'm so excited because we just we just got done doing your show mm -hmm. uh, i learned a lot about you in the meantime but i feel like there's so many things that you've done in your life uh that makes you so special uh first of which you became a business owner you just told me age of 19 it was actually before if you count the candy i sold in middle school oh yeah, yeah. 19 That's was important. yeah 19 was the first i guess where i made like six figures yeah. which was considered good so how did you come up, Jersey Champs is what it was called. Yeah. How did you come up with that idea? How'd you get it started? I mean, 19 years old, most people are not worried about starting their own business, but you took that and you, I mean, since then you've just have been unstoppable. Yeah. Gary Vee was a huge influence back then for me. So I was watching him daily. Oh yeah. Um, Cause I'm from Jersey where he's from. So he was like my idol and just being inspired by him. I would go to frat parties and see all the guys wearing jerseys. So I knew there was a market for jerseys, so I kind of just started it and winged the whole thing. Guerrilla marketing, I was broke, and it ended up working out. So what what type of marketing did you use? I mean, was it a lot of word of mouth? or mm -hmm. Word of mouth, uh, I would go to the fraternities and ask if they wanted fraternity jerseys for their whole frat. So I'd get orders like 50 to 100, which was like five to 10,000 bucks, which mm -hmm. was cool. That's a lot as a college kid, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And if you don't mind me asking, how much money did you 
make at that age? I mean, and, and like, how did it grow? Yeah, so the first three years, I was paying myself 50K a year. But as a business owner, there's a lot of write-offs, as mm -hmm. you know. So I was living really good at that age. And our peak year was $1.2 million. Wow. And that was when I was 21. I mean, did you ever imagine you'd be making that much money at such a young age? Or you Honestly, did? I'm not trying to seem cocky, but I just have so much belief in myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I saw my dad do it. He did it with books. What, so what'd your dad do? He sold, uh, well, uh, he had a nine to five, but on the side, he sold books on Amazon and eBay. Okay. And he was able to do a million dollars with that. Wow. And I would help him pack all the orders. Wow. You, I mean, you hear people doing stuff like that all the time. And you kind of to yourself think like there's not a lot of money to be made in something like that. But clearly they're wrong. I know, right? I didn't know people still read books, but he did it. So from there, what'd you do? Like, what did your, what did your track look like? Were you, you said you were in school, right? So did you yeah. graduate? No, I didn't okay. make it. I didn't, didn't make it like to, you did. No, you didn't need to though, right? Yeah. I was already doing decent money I mean, that's, at the time. That's what people go to college for is to become an entrepreneur or, you know, go off and, and build, but you were already doing that. So probably yeah. no sense in paying all the money to continue the education. Right. And that was probably the first major decision I made where I was really scared about because dropping out as an Asian, you know what I mean? Asians all about school. So my mom, I thought we'd get in a huge fight about it. My family looked at me in a different type of way, but I think it was the right decision. Mm -hmm. What do you think about, I guess there's a, a lot of questions now surrounding the need for, you know, I guess formal schooling mm -hmm. uh, like there has been in, in the years past. I think a lot of corporations are moving away from that. You know, they're realizing that a lot of the skills that you pick up in school, I'm yeah. uh, kind of useless in a sense. <laughs> I think there are some companies that aren't, aren't requiring degrees anymore. Do you think that's smart? Totally BS. I mean, you're paying 30 to 50K a year for college degree. Most of those guys can't even get a job these days with a degree. It's yeah. not like it was when our parents were getting degrees where you got a guaranteed job. So Jersey Champs, does it still exist? It does. My main focus is the podcast, but it still runs. Okay. And, and where did you go from there? I mean, did you... this? This show only started semi-recently, right? Started last year. Okay. So I had quite a weird journey from there. Got into crypto, did really well. Had a marketing agency, which got acquired. I sold master in the pandemic. I was kind of a hustler, you know what I mean? I just see opportunities, and I saw the podcast as a big one, and just dive in. Yeah, I saw that you uh, you had an NFT thing. Yeah. I mean, NFTs have just... I mean, are they even on the map anymore? I, I know that... Uh, what was the Bored Apes? I remember yeah. seeing how much they were selling for at one point, and then just completely came crashing down and now i are essentially are they worthless i mean are nfts worthless uh, now? i haven't checked what board apes are at but yeah they peaked at like 300 grand for one of them which yeah. is crazy well i remember i interviewed kevin hart uh it was at the la super bowl it was mm -hmm. outside of uh, michael rubin's party i was doing the red carpet and he had just bought a board ape mm. for a stupid amount of money <laughs> and i just i feel so bad yeah. for all those people that held on to him thinking they were just going to keep going 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 yeah. he'll and be then just, fine but yeah oh i mean of course you will <laughs> him and bieber bought at the peak for sure a lot of them are worthless now yeah so is that is that it for nfts a lot of them went down 80 90 99 well, they won't come back you don't think uh some of them will some of them are still doing well actually there's one called pudgy penguins i don't know if you've seen that one no, it's just I, a I, I'm not. Yeah, I, I was very like starting to get into all that stuff. Yeah, um, I, I still dabble in crypto a bit, uh, but there's still so much I don't know about it. And I think that's probably the concern for a lot of people. Right. Mm. They don't. It's the Wild West still yeah. in a sense. That's cool to see you in crypto. Though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got some I've got some some coins in my digital wallet. OK. okay. Um, so 
the show started, you said, what, a year ago? January last year. Okay, what has been your coolest accomplishment so far with the Digital Social Hour? Ooh, there's been so many amazing guests. I just had Grant Cardone on a couple days ago. I had Danica Patrick on recently. I know Danica Patrick. Those were some of my favorite episodes. I mean, I've filmed 500 now, so it's tough to pick a favorite, but there's just meeting people like you, honestly. How do you find your guests? Like, is it personal outreach do you have a team working for you yeah i started off myself just dming cold emailing and now i have a talent booker which is clutch because i used to spend a lot of time looking for guests and basically what i do is there's like five to ten shows that are really popular mm-hmm. i'll tell my talent booker to contact their guests like rogan's guests patrick Bet david's people like that yeah. and they'll just email them and, and line it up and then as far as coming up with the questions, I was actually very impressed with your list of questions. I mean, you really, it seems like do your research and you hit on so many different elements and aspects of the person that you're having on. Do you do that all yourself? I do that myself. I take pride in the research part. So I'll go on your Twitter. I feel like people are most vulnerable on their Twitter. Yes. So, oh yeah. We have our moments. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you're just tweeting and you're not really thinking sometimes. So Twitter, Instagram, and then I'll use AI to go through some of your previous podcasts and pull some points from there. Hey, AI is crazy. Yeah. What do you think about AI? The 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 rate at which it's growing. I love it. Are you I scared mean, of it? A little bit. I mean, I've seen Terminator. Yeah. That, that's probably <laughs> going to happen, but it's it's interesting. For now, I'm using it to save time and money, though. Yeah, it, it does. I, I've thrown a couple questions. I actually, uh, we didn't get into this. I'm, I'm attempting to start up a business of my own, and I've gotten a lot of research done using AI. So mm. uh, that's been pretty cool. Um, nice. So you have 11 million followers I saw on Instagram. Yeah. How did you amass such a huge following? A lot of the following, I get this question all the time, is timing, right? So five years ago, you could run Instagram ads, Facebook ads, get followers for one cent each follower. Oh. So I took complete advantage of that, spent hundreds of thousands, got a huge following, and now I'm doing that on YouTube. And they're real followers. Yeah, they're real. But the thing is, they're not all US-based because those cost more. Okay. Um, But now I'm doing it on YouTube. So I grew 500K this month on YouTube, all from running YouTube ads. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I spent like, I think 20, 25,000, but yeah. I grew 500,000. But then you ultimately will make that back because. Already made it back because right. sponsors, so many sponsors are coming in now. So many big guests are reaching out to me now because I could get bigger and bigger yeah. guests. So it's the best investment you can make is your following. Okay. So we're in, in the midst of Super Bowl week. So tons of people are in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So what kind of guests do you have lined up? For this week got some fun ones this week got justin gatlin got kfc barstool got some nfl players got some adult actresses i mean everyone goes to yeah. the super bowl so all types of people and you're a vegas guy I yep. mean, you're not even this is this is where you live now you said that you originally are from jersey mm-hmm. moved out to la hated it hated it and wound up in vegas which is a story we keep hearing a lot of people <laughs> are becoming vegas transplants yeah how's your lifestyle been here and how you know do you enjoy it yeah i will say it took me a year to find a good circle out here because people are kind of hidden and they have their tight circles but now that i've found mine it's been amazing the food scene's got to be the one of the best in the country i don't know if it's better than new york city no nothing's been nothing is better than but it's up there (laughs) it is it's good it's a lot of the new york restaurants are Opening up. Yeah, we just know, got Pedia Lugers. Right. I don't know if it's good. Here now. Yeah, Carbone. Um, there's always a conference here. Mm-hmm. All the UFC events, uh, Power Slap. Um, now we got Super Bowl. We got NBA team coming, allegedly, and MLB yeah. coming. So. so your crew that you roll with now here. Yeah. Where'd you meet these people? Met Bobby at Podcast Studio. That's my guy. And I met a couple friends at conferences and events. And actually, I, I went to a Power Slap, and I met a couple good people there. Dan Blazarin was there. Yeah. It was cool. Uh, You're awesome. Thank you so much. And I look forward to uh, our episode dropping soon enough. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
Outkick the Morning will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, a big thank you to Sean, Mike Kelly, and honestly, a huge thank you to every single guest that joined me over the course of this last week. Uh, Without any of them, the shows would not have been possible or nearly as interesting, let's be honest. So uh, more guests on deck for tomorrow. I have got someone that's going to make me even more excited to get back to New York City and see my little baby Zora. It has been almost two weeks since I've seen my dog, and I cannot wait to squeeze her to death. So, yes, everybody, uh, getting on a plane in a few hours here, heading back across the country to New York City. First, I've got a hit on Fox News, uh, so I'll be doing that shortly. And then it's back to New York, and uh, I say goodbye to Vegas, at least for this time around, although... You already know I'm going to be back here in just a few weeks for UFC once again. But uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in all of last week. Great shows. And uh, back to New York I go. So everyone, make sure to follow me on social media at Charlie on TV. And until tomorrow, have a fantastic day. I'll see you later.